sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Welcome. Look at this. All these smiley faces. Mona Mott Wilds in the house. I am so excited. Richard Ellsworth. We got Christine Marie. She's getting cushions. I can see you in the background there, Christine. Uh, Dominique Cackett. And I am going to let Richard Ellsworth say he's got a special guest in the house today. Yeah. So my, my sister is here, um, Andrea Judici. Wow. Welcome, Andrea. How are you now? Where you are from back east, right? Where are you from? I'm from Connecticut and I'm in Connecticut now. So we're uh, waiting for a big storm, which I'm hoping won't come. But at the moment, it's hot and humid, sunny. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know some parts of the country is definitely getting crushed today, sadly. Um, So so tell us about yourself, Andrea. We got this is exciting. I love it. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I've been hearing so much about this show and I love that Richard has a, is a part of it. So um, I am, um, as I said, I live here in Connecticut with, with much of our family. Um, and I wear a lot of different hats and I'm not sure, is this when I'm going to just do my introduction or do you want me to actually go into my spiel at the moment? We'll just do an introduction and then we're going to take a break and then it's spieling, spieling okay. after, the, after the break. Perfect. So a couple of the hats that I wear, I am the uh, coordinator for an organization called Guide Dogs, Guide Dog Users Incorporated. I'm their convention coordinator, have been for the past three years. I'm the president of an affiliate of the American Council of the Blind here in Connecticut. Um, I also work for an early startup tech company and um, do a lot of other volunteering. That's amazing. So how long have you been um when you say do the other startup companies that have to do with the blind as well or no it does yes i'm relatively new to this new company they um the co-founders are wonderful science guys but don't do much like to have to talk to people and go to the conferences and schmooze so they found someone who likes to talk and that's me (laughs) so i get to tell the story which is really fun that's awesome so did you lose your sight later in life or were you blind or or was it at birth it was at birth so I've so, been blind my whole life so far. And wow. um, a lot of the things that I do both professionally and volunteer wise have to do with blindness. Although certainly that's not my only defining characteristic, but it's one that I seem to be drawn to, to teach through a non-classroom teaching events. Yeah. Thank wow. you. And Richard, thank you. Richard, do you have something you want to add? So you, your sister here, I mean, lots of love, hugs and kisses. A lot of love in this room. I feel it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, grow, growing up with with uh, with Andrea has been um, absolutely amazing and a very very unique experience. And um, it's it's kind of cool to be um, I don't know, sort of somewhat connected with the visually impaired community out here as as well through, through Dominique. So it's it's really interesting to compare and contrast how both of those work on opposite sides of the country, and it's it's very similar. Yeah, I'm, I'm so fortunate. I get to listen to Dominique um, teach. Um, and because the Braille Institute, because of COVID is closed, she just is just doing this either, you know, by phone or Zoom or however she's doing her classes. But um, as she's teaching and she's reading and she's doing stories and she's working with her students, you know, word after word after word, because I don't even know, you know, the stories that they're talking about. 
Um, and it's funny because it's it's for me, it's like Jeopardy, almost like that guessing game, you know, <laughs> because it's like, okay, S T E R, and I'm like, strange, strange, straggling. I well, that's what I do because I can hear her in the back room and I'm cooking, and you know, I can't help but overhear. She's right there. So as we're going through the stories, and I'm I'm learning so much. I mean, this is like great because I didn't, you know, you just don't, no, you don't realize. And I and I told this story many times before, but I mean, the closest with like one person to another person, when you really passionately said, "Oh my God, this is a super amazing woman," was when. She realized a lot of the Braille books at the Institute, um, they weren't, uh, it was hard for a, a person to feel them. So what she did was, so she went to the um, craft store and she bought tiny little pearls and she glued each little pearl, you know, to represent, you know, so you could read it easier. And it took a I can't months. even imagine. I can't even imagine. I, I'm, I was crying. I was I'm a fierce advocate of Braille, but I can't imagine doing I, that. That's amazing. I know, but she just had somebody that wanted to uh, read. She, she, And then what she does is she puts the uh, English underneath the Braille. So she has this one gentleman that lost his sight later, and he said for Christmas all he wanted to do was to read a children's book because his kids were young with his children. So she had to do that. And it was, um, oh, God, I was, you know, it was one of those moments. I don't know. Maybe I'm like hormonal issues. Maybe I need to see a doctor. But I was just losing it. (laughs) That is the nicest thing. Because I couldn't get one pearl on that dot. I would have thrown it over the fence. I don't have that patience. I'm just being honest. I just don't. But, um, yeah, she was just, it was just one of those really cool things. So, yeah. So, yeah. But uh, I uh, I don't know, Mona. Do you have something to add? Do we have any Do we have any blind students at Westmont, Mona? Mona Mott Wild with uh, uh, not. I don't think we do currently. Not completely blind, but I know we have had in the past um, over the years. Uh, the okay. campus is a challenge, but we do what we can to make um, uh, make the campus accessible um, to all students. Well, I think with the whole Zoom and the internet and everything. Thing right now what a gift huh yeah i mean for anybody that's uh having issues uh oh absolutely if anything it's just, i think it's just wow it's a it's a big wow now i think hey dominique hello hello hi dominique what was the, hi what there. Was the i just kind of told a story you weren't here but what was the book that you did when you took all the little pearls and you were uh making it so a person could your your client could read the braille what was that book? Yes, it was The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Yes. Oh, yeah. wow. I know. She crushed it. I mean, it was <laughs> like, oh, my God. Couldn't believe. I, I was just having a moment. That was like one of those things that you'll take. You'll always remember, regardless of like, oh, my God. Her mother and I are just looking at each other. It's just like, I. It was a fun project. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, I just to experience it. It's like you know. I well, did. I not say this. I said, "Can I like give you a foot bath?" Didn't I say something? <laughs> no, Jesus, you know what I mean. Jesus had a Very lot of people like, to help in different ways. So I, I mean, I got to be able to do something. Can I make you dinner? Can I do something? Yeah, it was pretty cool. So, Dominique, in that, do you have any questions for Andrea? Yeah, how are you? surviving this pandemic i i mean it just must be 
so uh, such an awkward um, setup of events. Uh, yeah, what's happening for you in Connecticut? It's interesting that you should bring that up because when COVID first hit, it seemed like one of the most unique things about it was that it was affecting everybody equally. Like we all had to shelter in place. Everything was pretty much the same for everybody, which um, as a person who's blind and, and, and that's not often, the, you know, often I'm the only blind person in a room or only my, my brother, Nicholas, our brother, Nicholas and I. Um, anyway, so then when things started to loosen up a little bit and there was a, the chance for people to start going out again and, I was all excited because I was able to move back to my apartment and I thought, Oh, this is great. I'll be able to go do all the things that I've always done. And it became quickly apparent that the world out there has changed a lot. There's all these arrows painted on the ground and check marks and you have to stand six feet apart from people. And that is all extraordinarily visual information. Yeah. Um, in addition to all that visual information that's being thrown at people and, and changing, you know, sometimes you go into a store and there's a table in front of the counter and you're supposed to stop there. Other times, that table has the the credit card machine on it um so that's all information that's not consistent and changes all the time and people who are out and about in the world many of them are are more concerned understandably about what's going on and so they're less tolerant or they're they're paying less attention to the fact that when i stand, walk behind you into line with a guide dog guess what it means i can't see that you're there so i can't judge that six foot distance that's going to have to fall to the person who's sighted to say, hey, I'm ahead of you in line, you're at, the, you're at the stopping point, or to move away. But what's happening, unfortunately, I'm hearing a lot in the blindness community is people are getting very hostile and angry and, and, and becoming very verbally abusive to people who are blind um, because, because we, we continually invade that six-foot span. So it's very interesting how when I thought the loosening up would actually make things um, easier, that's when things have actually gotten harder. For me as a guide dog traveler for me as a blind person uh, that's very okay, interesting let's let's stop right there because i was given the little smushy sign from um <laughs> you know we're not six foot away but he gave me visual, that sign visual cue yeah. <laughs> a visual cue time to cut it out and uh and i want to get some uh feedback and some good chatter from richard ap right after these messages Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. Okay, Andrea, we're, we're back to you again. And I am, you know, I just, it's funny because we're not in your shoes. So I never, ever, although I'm never disrespectful to anybody, and I'm actually very mindful to somebody, um, you know, that's, that's anybody that's, that's not senior citizens, whatever, but it's, it made me feel, it gave me a heavy heart when you said that, that people are being impatient. And I, 
what we need to do is we need to stress and we try to do that on this show it is a team sports radio show and i really do want to bring it up from the bottom with the kids and everything like that to have the tolerance to have the patience caring understanding and just love um and and we we, we could use situations like this to embrace the community okay we don't we don't need to divide we need to come together that's what we need to do dominique well um Andrea, we have another co-host, Sherry Owen, who has a guide dog, and um, she's been blind for uh, a couple of years. Her issue out here at uh, UCSB, unfortunately, is that people are not respecting the six feet distance from her. And um, it's it, she's having almost like an opposite situation where she's trying she's to keep that space and other people are invading her space and she can't see them until she hears them <laughs> right and this and so it's very interesting because whereas and this is something i say to everybody but i particularly like to tell um school age students younger and high school age because i think they can then go forward and teach it is that when my guide dog is working you basically have to ignore him completely because he's my eyes he might have a cute face and a waggy tail but you would no more touch my you should no more touch a guide dog that's working than you should poke someone who has sighted in their eye um but so now I have to, so now you always have to deal with that as a problem because dogs, people just lose their mind when they see a dog and they, and everything shuts down. Mm. But now if someone touches my dog, I now have to go and like get a, 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 an antibacterial wipe and wipe his head, which is, you know, not ideal because I don't know where they've touched him. I don't uh -huh. know they're that close to me. So sometimes I'm encountering them. So it's a double, it's a double edged sword again. Whereas if people are going to disregard that six foot distance and come in and invade my space, then I have to figure out what have they touched and what, and how do I move away from them safely? My guide dog doesn't know that we're supposed to be six feet apart. So yeah. that's a whole new thing. So he's not going to automatically veer away from someone who's coming toward us. So it is, it, it's always disrespectful to interact with a working dog. Um, but it's particularly it's particularly disrespectful now because it's not just um, you're, you're impacting safety. Although realistically, if you impact, a, if you interact with a working dog and distract them, you could potentially be impacting my safety anyway, because if my dog loses his his attention, even though he's trained to ignore people, I could die. I could get hit by a car. I could fall into a hole. So people who come up to me and say, I know I'm not supposed to pet your dog, but I'm going to. They're basically saying, I don't care if you die. I don't care about anything but my need to touch your dog. Um, to which I have comments that I will not share here. Um, <laughs> but, it's, but it's important. It's so important to remember that, that. It doesn't matter why the dog is there. You may not understand it. You may love dogs. But the, the crucial message is my life depends on, on, the, on the eyes and the training of this dog. Or if I have a white cane, then it depends on that white cane. And to distract or, or somehow disrupt me and, and my mobility tool is really, really disrespectful and dangerous. And it needs to not happen. And more, the more people who know that and can share it with their friends, their family, who can post it on social media, that's what we need to know. That's the stuff that needs to get out there. Especially, especially going on right now. Sloan Reale, Vocal Coaching by Sloan. How are you this morning? I'm doing fabulous. Sorry, it's a little tardy, the traffic. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. And a little, I had to do a little extra hair because I wanted to see if you guys saw any resemblance between Richard and myself. Richard's hair is as long as my hair, Andrea. 
Um, so I just have to say this. I just have to say this, because, and I'm not trying to be mean or anyone, but I think it's hilarious. Since all these Zoom meetings, everyone's like, oh, my God, I can't see who I'm talking to. And I feel like being, oh, let me cry you a river of tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, but, Andrew, I wanted to come back to exactly what you were just saying is this is about educating people, our families, our friends, our relatives, the community, because people like really, unless you've been exposed in one shape or form, you re people really don't know. Uh, you know, and the people that come, you know, you're going really cute. I mean, uh, it's it's education for sure. And not absolutely. Um, and not being apologetic about it. It really is about everybody's safety. And I, I also just wanted to add how people are behaving. I heard this yesterday on another meeting. Uh, uh, I think she's a high school teacher went onto campus. They're distributing books uh, this week. And she was sharing the same sentiment is that people she hadn't seen since March. People were not friendly. Nobody was, you know, it was a very strange, I don't know what school this was on, but she was very strange and very uh, unfriendly and not very supportive. And the, what that conversation ended up going toward is people are just so freaked out and so self-centered and, you know, we're, we're, we're yeah, I, I try not to be myself. I try to be mindful of others around me and what's going on. But it's just an interesting time and people are we're not thinking straight. It's a very disorienting time. So, you know, students, kids, families that are out there listening, you know, the, a, a breath, one small breath goes a long way. Finding that center, taking that pause when you're feeling anxious. Most of the time when Oh, I almost slipped. I almost slipped into my shiitake mushroom spiel. Uh, when shiitake mushrooms are blooming, it's critical. That's the red flag to us to stop and take a breath. And this is, this is the takeaway for me. Most of the time when stuff's going on and I'm feeling uncomfortable and I'm feeling like something's going on with somebody, it has nothing to do with me. It's somebody else's stuff. And but I'm still learning that. And I that's why I take that quiet time every day. I go find my. Mm, I left my singing bowl upstairs, but I'll go grab it if you want me to, Erica. <laughs> Christine Marie, we haven't heard from you yet this morning. Good morning, my love. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm wonderful. I'm feeling great. Um, and I'm and I as as Andrea was speaking, my I, I went to solutions like what can we do to solve this issue? Right. How do we how do we change this? And the thought is almost as if there could be a sticker or something like I'm not invading your space. I'm blind. Help me. You know what I mean? Or, you know, assist me in some way where or I, I was thinking, wow, how could we um, you know, get a community service announcement or community, you know, community announcement? out there so that people can understand like about differently abled people who may not be able to see and who aren't getting the visual cues and just to support each other through this so yeah yeah that to me i was like oh what would be the best way to do this you know my brain went to solve mode mm -hmm. oh what do you have any ideas andrea i i think that that's great and 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 please you know there are certainly wonderful people so i'm not i'm only i'm highlighting the negative so to make a point, um, I think there is a solution. I think it's people like everyone I'm talking to here, you know, on this panel and everyone who's listening, getting a little bit more informed, going to American Council of the Blind website or going to one of the guide, dog, you know, guide dogs for the blind, which is the guide dog school that I graduate of. 
finding some info, some basic information and posting it to your social media, because that social media, as much as it kind of, I feel like I'm out of touch with it. Thankfully, I have a brother who's really cool and knows what he's doing, Richard. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> he's keeping me cool. You know, having a brother who's 25 keeps me very cool. Um, wait, wait, I think that Richard? That, which Richard to the brother? No, Ellsworth. Richard is my brother. Richard Ellsworth oh. is my brother. Okay, your brother and I have the same hairdo today. I, I, I know that. You mentioned that. And without even knowing, without even able to see you, I knew a lot about your hair simply because of what you said. Um, so I think that I think that even if everybody posted something on their on their social media and it and it got and someone else shared it and someone else shared it, then maybe we would get that out there and people would just would just think a little bit before they act. Um, and 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 I think that's that's huge because social media is an amazing tool that can be used for for good in this case. Absolutely. And that would be positive, which would be nice. And so much yes. negative on there, too. And yeah, I, definitely. It's loving. I think, too, in the sense of when sometimes because I, I know I'm getting used to the mask now and sometimes I'll forget because I'll keep it hanging here and I'll, and I'll forget and I'll start to say something and someone will react to me and I'll realize, oh, I don't have my mask on. Or someone could just say, um, you don't have your mask on. Do you realize? And, I, and then because it's hanging there. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> just you put it on. And so I, I think when we when people feel scared, scared, they tend to react. So that breath is so important. Sloan, thank you. Yeah, I think um, it's also really important, and this is not about blindness, it's just about COVID in general. We've, since the beginning, the term social distancing has been used, and I object to that particular term because we're not being socially distant, we're being physically distant. Yes. But I think when you keep saying the word socially distant, the, the implicit underlying message to that word is that we're not supposed to be having any kind of social interaction, which is not true. Um, and so when you start thinking about not having social interaction, you sort of almost become like anti being around people. And there's lots of very safe ways to be social, to maintain family and friend groups, to have as long as it's being done in a way that's respectful to everybody else. I think if we can think of it as physical distancing, the implicit message in, in social distancing isn't there in being socially cut off. We can be socially close and physically distant. I believe that that's a good point. Yeah. Well, and we've talked about it on the show a number of times. It was uh, definitely intentional to call it social and not physical because people have brought it up before. And like, why aren't we saying exactly what you just said, Andrea, calling it out what it exactly is. It's physical, not social. So um, let's get back to that and a lot more after these messages. Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, 
Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. All right, Richard Dugan, our producer, and um, he is very knowledgeable um, as a, a gentleman that's actually had to have surgery for his eyes. Richard, do you want to tell your story? Hi, uh, okay, I'll tell it briefly. Uh, 60 years ago, last June, I was born with uh, bilateral cataracts, nystagmus, and stigmatism, the big three, the trifecta, and I had all kinds of surgeries as a kid. I was legally blind until 38 when I got a lens implant. I just had to wait wow. for technology to catch up with me. So now I'm driving. I uh, wasn't driving before, and actually uh, at about 35 years of age, 36, I know noticed that my vision was starting to deteriorate and I kind of figured it was the cataracts and I went to my ophthalmologist he says yeah that's what it is and this was his response to the diagnosis he says well we could wait to see if your eye will break the cataract material down and flush it away to which I'm thinking uh, my vision's going they're not breaking down so he says or we could do a lens implant, but you have a 50-50 chance that you could lose your sight because every surgery, every procedure has certain risks. I says, then let's do it now so that I can start to adjust. Um, and it was one of those procedures where you get to be awake and I got to see, literally see everything with and without a lens. Wow. And now I'm able to drive um, and having a great time and still marvel at sitting out there on the 101 going 50, 60, 70 miles an hour and going, wow, this is pretty cool. Uh, driving through L.A. traffic for the very first time, it was still, wow, this is pretty cool. My first marriage was actually to a woman who was totally blind and she, she was using a cane at the time and then shifted to a guide dog, went to San Rafael, guide dogs for the blind. Uh, and I have had a great affinity for uh, service animals, uh, not just guide dogs, but service animals in general who help to support uh, individuals who are in need of that. Whether it's uh, such as in your case, Andrea, the guide dog who guides you around with all that wonderful training. Is it still around $10,000 to train one of these dogs from uh, puppy trainers on up? Because uh, that's what it was back uh, in the 80s and early 90s. It's probably more than that now. Sixty-five thousand. Oh, it is definitely wow. more than that now, and uh, but it's definitely worth it. And yeah, I wish people would would respect. It's like, okay, uh, would you walk up to an individual, put your hands over their eyes, and say, "Hi, I just wanna, I wanna touch your face." Uh, by the way, that was one of the things that my wife, after two or three years, asked if she could do. Uh, is uh, touch my face. I don't know if you're in a relationship uh, or not, or if you've been in p past relationships. Has that ever come up for you where you felt the need that you wanted to tactily connect with someone in that way? I I think that that is something that happens. It's a, it's a stereotype that blind people in general touch faces. And what I always say to people is, you know, <laughs> touching someone's face is far more intimate than looking at someone's face. And as a person who's been blind since birth, I know what I'm going to find on most faces, right? A mouth, a nose, a couple of eyes and some ears. I have to touch so many faces to be able to figure out that one person's nose was different from another's. So it's not even relevant. Obviously, what happens in the intimacy of a, of a romantic relationship is different. But to go and I apparently as a little child, I touched faces. Um, but but little kids touch every I mean, little kids are touchers anyway. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I really think people will say, you know, I want you to touch my face. And, I, and it's so uncomfortable because I know that they're coming from a place of, of, of good intention. But I'm not comfortable touching 
the face of, of, of very many people because it is so intimate and it doesn't really tell me anything except, oh, they have skin and a nose and a mouth and eyes. Oh, okay. I already guessed that. Um, <laughs> it has no real relevance for me. I hear you. On a grand scale. Right. What, and, and let me ask you, uh, because I was associated with uh, not only talking books uh, for the blind, but also recordings for the blind. And the difference yep. is one is for leisure reading and the other is textbooks for school. Uh, of course, I, yeah. And now, of course, everything's online and audible and all this kind of stuff. That's why I tell people, I said, look, I was listening to audible before audible was cool. Okay. So this is, so you, you touched on something I have said for years that blind people are the cutting edge of cool. My computer was talking before computers ever. Yep. Talked. Computer Kurzweil. Kurzweil. Yeah. 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 All that stuff. Now, now all the people are trying to figure out how to know what people are thinking because they can't see their faces. I've been listening to voices my whole life. Now, so now see, we're, we're, we're ahead of the curve. Have you Sorry, learned, yeah. uh, do you know Braille? Did you use a Perkins oh, Braille? I'm, I'm a lifelong Braille reader. My, my, my first wife, of course, had a Perkins Braille and I did learn Braille. I probably don't remember much of it anymore, but I would actually be able to print out, if you will, uh, or in, in the case of the way that the Perkins Braille sounds hammer out because it goes, oh, ka-chong, 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 when you're pushing the keys, uh, I could leave her notes and things of this nature. And it was really kind of fun. And uh, then I would also record books for her. In spite of my visual impairment while we were married, I was recording books like uh, um, Ogmandino's Greatest Miracle in the World and and um, oh. Gerald Jampolsky's Love is Letting Go of Fear uh, and uh, The Celestine Prophecy by James Redfield uh, and a bunch of other books that I would put on a cassette for her because uh, I even then had a studio. Uh, but it's it, it it is just so much fun. And of course, Audible comes along and I'm able to read a book that I've had in my library for 15 or 20 or more years. Real thick book called The Stranger in a Strange Land. I don't know if you've read that, but I finally read it because it was available on Audible. What has been for you, though, I know you've been blind from birth, so the adjustment was from day one, as it were. But for you, because you've sort of described one element with your guide dog, what's been the hardest aspect for you uh, as a as a blind woman? I think the hardest aspect about being blind is the lack of trans of accessible, reliable, comprehensive transportation. At the uh -huh. end of the day, work leisure pleasure friendship everything is based on transportation and in our country so many people have the expectation they're just going to jump in their car and go so we don't have the kind of transportation in in pockets of places we do in, in certain cities but as an overall overarching theme transportation i think at the end of the day is probably the the biggest struggle mm. um another frustration and i love the way what you said what you said because you didn't you didn't fall into the trap um I will have people say to me, well, you've been blind since birth, so you have nothing to mourn. You didn't lose anything. Uh -huh. And I say to them, well, I, I would object to that statement. Uh, I have I have a feeling it's pretty cool to see a sunset or be able to look at a person and go, oh, that's my brother, Richard, or my mother, or that's me in a lineup. Mm -hmm. um, you can have you can have never had something wonderful to eat and still know that everyone else thinks it's pretty good yeah so I think it's a it's I know I, I feel strongly that it's very important to remember that there are huge differences in losing vision or having never had vision, but to go through life presuming a, that it's better or worse or that there's nothing to miss and b that my life is somehow, well, I might have a very full life as a blind person, 
really it's a substandard life. And that's really hard for me to accept because I have a very full, wonderful life and think I live my life as well as I could. Um, and there are people who are cited who I feel live their life less fully. Yeah. So that's another fallacy that people have. Well, well, you know, and, a really good and, life and, considering. And, and I will share with you before we go to break real quickly. There was a movie that I saw after uh, I actually after I met my second wife, uh, the woman I'm still with, thank God. And um, it was a bo- movie called Out of Sight about a blind man uh, who he was he had a, 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 a I think he was born this way from birth but they came up with this procedure that actually allowed him to see but they weren't sure if it would hold and the first thing that he saw which freaked him out believe it or not was a coke can uh, and he did because he had no points of reference right. and then he found out through his doctor that he was going to start to lose his sight. So the rest, a good portion of the movie, he is spending in a library and in bookstores going through picture books and flipping through one page and kind of taking a snapshot and another page and taking a snapshot so he can remember these things. And unfortunately he lost his, he did lose his sight. Um, uh, and this was like 1998. I don't know if that's exactly when it came out, but that was when I think I saw it and it kind of freaked me out. Because I'm thinking, I just had a lens implant. I don't want to go down that road. Uh, Anyway, we have to uh, go to a break, Erica. Great, let's do it. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. Well, Richard, Andrew, the, Richard, the director, can I just respond to something you were saying? Oh, sure. Sure. Um, so I think it's really interesting. Another thing that people say to me a lot, all the time, and I think it's really important for people to hear this, is they say, if you had three wishes, what would they be? And they expect my wishes to be, I could see, I could see, and I could see. And what I want people to remember is that becoming a sighted person is as scary to me as becoming a blind person is to mm-hmm. everybody else. I don't know how to be a sighted person. I'm glad that you're being able to do it. That's fabulous. I don't, yeah. but I think that that again, that, that that's the subtle message that I should want my life to be different. Um, and I would even and, tell you that I tried getting a driver's license just to drive a moped in Phoenix, even through the medical review program. They wouldn't. They absolutely would not. And so it wasn't until I got the lens implant and 2050 with right. corrective lenses and boom, medical review program, which I had no problem with. But I had resigned myself to pipe to buy. Hey, if I'm 65 and I'm bicycling, hey, OK, I am good with that. And um, like I said, technology caught up with me. And here I am today. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I was just fine. I had some religious people who came to me, wanted to lay on hands. You want to say. And then we have to, we have a, we yeah. have to pull the tarot card before the next oh, right, section. So, right. what say you? So, Wes, uh, do you remember, Erica, when you were at Westmont, the president, David Winter, 
um, later lost his sight and lost it pretty quickly. Um, and it was interesting that he um, embraced that journey and shared it with the community too. Beautiful. Um, I do he remember. Didn't, that. He didn't lose yeah. his faith. He he uh, um, he embraced what was going on and managed not only to finish his his term as president. The last five years he was blind, mm. um, but then when he retired, he became uh, chairman of the board of Providence um, School and. Uh, had also before that came back to Westmont as interim president. Mm. Yeah, um, no, I do actually, it just now. I remember it now. I didn't. I wasn't putting pull it together. Thank you for the reminder, Sloan. Oh, yes, ma'am. Oh, I thought you were waving to me like you wanted to do because I know Dominique wants to say something. This is uh, just said, on, in a fast food food restaurant. You lose your turn. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a quick question for Andrea. Um, I've wanted to encourage my kids to adopt a puppy that would then be a candidate as a seeing eye dog. Do you encourage teens to participate in that program? Absolutely, I do. The the um, it's it, it's it's a really good opportunity if they are blind or visually impaired themselves. Guide Dogs for the Blind has a buddy program where they can actually learn more about what it's like to have a dog, um, just a pet dog, so they can do that. But raising a puppy is incredibly important. Our guide dogs couldn't do what they do if they didn't spend that incredibly important time with a family and um, it's essential to them growing up to be a guide dog. So yes, I, I would strongly encourage them, but it's not, it's, it's, it's a lot of work and that's important to know. Awesome. Mona. It, it's been fun here on campus. A couple of times I've seen students have are being involved in training guide dogs and actually having guide dogs in their dorm room and uh, that are being trained and training the whole community to be respectful of the um, of the dogs and to not pet them. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And then we'll bring it down to our teens, you know, and teen athletes, and 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 I love that because that's that's you know you got to go from the top to the bottom in all different directions. Let's do it's this. It's really this important. Not, but, go ahead, Andrea. I was just going to say, when you're raising a guide dog puppy, that may go to a Paralympic athlete who's going to be being an athlete. That may go to someone who's a goes yeah. to the gym every day. That may go to someone who goes to college themselves. So what you do with these guide dog puppies, what you do that blind people are doing the same thing everyone else are. There are athletes, there are couch potatoes, there are lawyers, there are doctors, there are, you know, people who don't do anything. There are people who love to read and hate to read. And blind people are just people who happen to be blind. Quick question. Question. We're going to go. Go ahead, Sloan. Uh, so if someone did, I understand correctly that it costs the person dog 65000 to train them now? Or it, it, there's no cost to the person receiving the dog. If you look at the cost from the birth of the puppy through the puppy raising, the guide dog training, the student coming into class, the follow up that happens for the life of the team, it's a $65,000 price tag. There wow. is no charge to the person receiving the dog. The person training the dog, though, are they paying a portion of that? No, no. It's a, it's a, the, the school is a nonprofit that raises money through donations and grants. And so the person who is the puppy raiser is doing that as a volunteer. I don't know the details of what's tax deductible. And then the gotcha. person who's training the dog is a professional being paid by the guide dog school. And then the person receiving the dog does not have a charge for receiving the dog. And go to guide dog. Yeah. 
Next Go question. Guide dogs. GuideDogs.com, G-U-I-D-E-D-O-G-S.com. And you'll learn all kinds of really fabulous and fascinating information. And if you want to learn a lot, watch the documentary, Pick of the Litter. Mm. Nice. Wow. Great title. Perfect. All right, let's take another break. We got one more segment after these messages. Well, now together we will stand every boy, girl, woman, and a man. Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Well, that this was a fascinating show, and I always like to finish up with uh, Richard Ellsworth. And but before we get to you, Richard, let's go to Christine Marie. You got to be pulling us a tarot for today. What do we pull? Today it is the sun, which is the most positive card in the deck mm-hmm. and i think that it, it really aligns with you know the, the um, thinking about the positivity and the shifting of um as we were talking you know really aligning with you know when we're out there and things are happening let's take a breath and let's get to our positive place right because if, if we can shift the vibration for ourselves it will actually make it better for everybody there even the person who's standing across from us angry we don't tell them they don't need to be angry we just take a breath and be positive so um so i would say that the, that the sun is um and also what's beautiful about the sun card is that that couple um uh there that looks like they're running through a field of sunflowers they're actually dancing in a partner dance so it's like we're in this together right and wow. um and a partner dance is such a different thing you have to be in sync and aligned and also the beautiful gift that sunflowers have for the planet um is that when sunflowers are planted on toxic soil it'll actually pull the toxins out of the soil so um that's all you know it's a real sign uh for this week of of, of really aligning with the positive um with the sun here comes the sun i love that song by the beatles do 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 here comes the sun and it's such a lovely song and such a positive song so all right Flo, do you want to do a verse of that before we get to richard here comes the sun do 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 it's a singing along here comes the sun i say what it's all right ready for my instrumental solo let me go get this richard you got you got two two minutes to heal us all right well listening to all of this what what really comes to mind for me is is um one of my favorite techniques which is um rewriting the story about how things happen and how they're perceived and um you know when we're in situations where um people around us are are you know making things may it may seem like they're making things very difficult for us that it it really is all about us from the start and how we interpret that information so you know when something happens that's that's difficult or or challenging or we don't quite understand it we can apply our own story to whatever that is so if someone you know 
bumps into you and and you know oh my god this person isn't respecting my social distancing blah 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 you know to tell to tell a different story and to say you know oh uh, you know it w- you know wasn't my fault you know this this person just happened to bump into me and it's not their fault either it just happened we both collided maybe they had a lot on their mind so on and so forth and when we can really reinvent the story of what's going on, it, it, it starts to reset our minds in a positive direction. And, um, you know, this can happen all the time. You know, we get into to arguments with people. Sometimes things might be difficult at school with schoolwork, so on and, and so forth. But to just remind ourselves, everything is going to work out. Everything is fine. And, and, and I, I am perfect. I am always perfect. Everything I do is right. Every single thing that I do is right. And it is the right choice. It is the right thing to be doing. And to just to, to get into that mindset, not from a place of, of ego, but to say that if I'm doing everything right, then everybody else is doing everything right, too. We're all doing everything right. And having that understanding and coming from that positive place is, is really what I, I think we, we need as, as a community to, to bring everything together harmoniously. Dominique, you want to say the last couple of words, then Sloan, and then we're out of here. Oops, Dominique, you got two words because we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> peace everybody keep peace and kindness in your heart kindness works whether you're blind or whether you can't hear it doesn't matter kindness works all right sloan breathe right yeah all together nice big breath down into the belly not up in the shoulder down the belly <sighs> wow that's it Thank you very much, Andrea Judici. We've got to go. You're welcome Thanks back for anytime. Me. This was great. Peace and patience. See you next week. Oh,